You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Tim Campsall, and I'm your host, for the Self-Made is a Miss show. And I am excited to have a fellow business owner from Massachusetts with us today. And my guest founded, check this out, the world's leading bra fit training certification course. So I am definitely gonna wanna hear a little bit more about that. In her downtime, she likes to make pottery um, and there's a certain type of pottery that she's gonna explain to us that she enjoys. And she's most proud of the knock-on effects or, or how I interpret it as the ripple effect of the work that she does, the ongoing betterment of people's lives that she's able to have when she interacts with them. And it's my pleasure to welcome Allie to the show today. Hello, Allie. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's start with having you um, introduce yourself. Tell us your your uh, full name and a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and live and about your family and hobbies. Sure. So I'm Allie Cudby. I am the founder and CEO of Alignment Growth Strategies, but I didn't start there. Um, I was born in Washington, D.C. So I'm actually a native Washingtonian, which is a fairly rare thing to find. <laughs> Um, and I've lived all over the country. I um, went to Philadelphia for school, then moved to LA, then moved back to Philadelphia for a couple of years, New York, back to DC, Indiana, and now I am living just outside of Boston. Um, and I started my career in, I've had a sort of non-linear career, but in some ways it kind of all makes sense. Um, <laughs> so I started my career in Hollywood after college went back and after business school, went to um, corporate for a while. And that's sort of where I got into this world of customer experience and went out on my own, oh gosh, over 20 years ago now, yikes, um, <laughs> and have been doing various aspects of customer experience for that amount of time, except for the left turn that I took into the wonderful world of the art and science of how a bra fits a woman's body. Um, let's see, married, two kids that are out of the house and two dogs that are very much in the house um, all the time. So that's me. Wonderful. So bra fitting certification training. Tell me what that means. So women are really never taught how a bra should fit their body. And there are certain intricacies that we won't go into the details on now, but without understanding them, it's really hard to get a good fitting. And most stores don't put in the time, energy, and effort to adequately train their employees because they're you know, cycling through a bunch of employees because it takes time and time is money. Yeah. And, you know, women pay the price. And so having found this problem and realizing that at the time there was really no good option for these manufacturers and retailers and other people who are 
you know, spending their time and energy on the art and science of how a bra fits woman's body. I created this online certification program that ended up being the global leader in its field, six continents served, uh, and I just didn't get to Antarctica. Wow, that is so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what type of pottery? Wheel thrown pottery. So if the 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 most common touchstone that people have for that is the movie Ghost, which is actually pretty ancient now, but uh, has a very famous scene of wheel thrown pottery that most potters absolutely loathe to have as the touchstone, but there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's what I like to do. Fantastic. Well, hey, is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's see. The The weekend that I was supposed to move into college as a freshman, um, I was a bridesmaid in a favorite cousin's wedding. And so I ended up having to move in early and then go up from Philadelphia to New York for this wedding. And my mom had read some article about the importance of bonding in those first few days of college. I heard a lot about bonding in those first few days of college. And she was pretty sure that me missing the first 36 hours of you know, <laughs> moving was going to end my college social life. So we go up to New York, I'm in the wedding. We hightail it from the wedding venue to the train station to drop me back off in Philadelphia. We jump on the first train and lo and behold, that train was a fancy all reserved train and those weren't the kinds of tickets that we had. So they unceremoniously dump my family off on the side at the next <laughs> station. And we find out that the next train isn't gonna be stopping for hours and hours and hours, like six hours. Oh. And so, so they'd be coming through, but they weren't gonna stop. And my mom has a tizzy. And <laughs> I said to myself, well, the train's coming through. They may as well just stop and pick us up. Yeah. I'm just gonna ask them to stop the train. <laughs> so my parents are mortified. You know, I get myself up, I go marching toward the gate guy and <laughs> they're hiding behind their magazines and just like oh my god Allie you are so embarrassing and I put on my best you know 18 year old smile and explain the situation and the guy's like I'll stop the train for you and so they did so the the story that my family always tells about oh, me wow. is that I stopped the train <laughs> I love it <laughs> And so you didn't uh, you didn't miss out on the bonding uh, time to become an awesome college student. No, yeah, as it turned out, it, it all worked out. <laughs> Allie, tell us about how the business came to be, and and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Sure. So I, after I graduated from business school, I ended up working at a media company and in their sort of corporate strategy group. And it was sort of an internal consulting group. And I ended up being put on a project that introduced me to this world of customer loyalty and retention. Hmm. And it was really eye-opening for me. And so it, it changed the way that I thought about business. I had just never 
realized how impactful the customer experience was, you know, because at that point in my life, I hadn't been exposed to it. Sure. So fast forward a number of years, um, and I had started this bra thing and was chugging along training people around the world. Um, and what I found was that the people that I was working with, they got really good at the technical proficiency of fitting. But when I said, okay, great, you know, I'm so glad that your customers are happy. I'm so glad that you feel so confident. What are you going to do to make sure that your customers are going to come back sooner, spend more, tell their friends, like, what's the plan? They didn't have a plan Mm. almost across the board. They didn't have a plan. And they just looked at me and were like, well, I'm just going to keep giving them great fittings. Like, like you taught me. Yeah. And (laughs) I knew from my years in corporate that that wasn't enough. And so over time, I started including more sort of business practices and customer retention and customer experience skills Mm. into the work that I was doing. And ultimately I found that to be more satisfying and more creative and the business shifted and that that's sort of how this company launched. Um, so that's, that's really how this, this business was born. Yeah. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about the company. What's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help folks? So the company is called Align Mint Growth Strategies. And I say it that way because it's spelled Align M-I-N-T. And the reason for that is because when you plant mint, it grows like crazy. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and when something's awesome, it's in mint condition. And when you make money, you make a mint. Mm. So very intentional spelling. Very cool. But, but also because you know when we were talking to people about how to brand the company and what we wanted to be able to achieve on behalf of the customers that we served, alignment as a concept came up all the time. Mm. You know, how do you do a better job of serving your customers? Well, you need to have this internal alignment and make sure that everybody inside your company knows what to do and is on the same page so that they can be successful cross-functionally in serving customers. Um, you know, how can you be consistent in your approach? And that's sort of the crux of what we do is serving our clients so that they have the, the tools and the thinking and the training internally mm-hmm. in order to be able to make those external um, experiences amazing every time. Fantastic. So for folks listening, make sure to check out Alignment and Mint, remember Mint, um, in the link in the description and uh, comment on it and, and go to the, the LinkedIn, her LinkedIn and and let her know that you watched her video today. So that would be an awesome way to, to uh, pay it forward in terms of those who are listening. So Allie- yeah, and, and I just do, I just want to say like, please come and find me on LinkedIn. I always love that, but please let me know that you, you found me here because I'm sure just like a lot of people, I'm getting more and more of the spammy stuff. And so mm-hmm. I really like to know who's coming for me instead mm-hmm. of somebody who is coming to sell me something. Yeah, great point. So Allie, share us a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think that you could and the impact of that person had. Yeah, I think when I first left corporate, um, you know, I didn't leave with 
the I didn't leave in the best way. You know, I, I left in a, in a real stage of burnout and frustration and I didn't know exactly where I was going next. I just knew that that chapter of my life had come to an end. And as I considered starting my first company, I didn't have that much confidence. You know, I had really sort of been, been beaten up a little bit in, in the corporate world. And so I figure, okay, well, what do you do? You know, you do your due diligence. And so I was, you know, boy, was I due diligencing. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I think I got to the point of a little bit of, you know, not to be jargony, but like, I think I got to the point of analysis paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was so busy in the thinking yeah. that it was getting in the way of my forward progress. And I had this meeting with this guy. I had met with him a few times. I was talking him through my due diligence. And he's like, Allie, at a certain point, you just got to plug your nose and jump. You're right. (laughs) That was his advice. And it was the right advice. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can't figure it all out in advance. You know, there's a point at which you just have to, you know, take the flyer and, you know, do the due diligence. You know, you got to do a little bit of aiming before you fire. Yeah. you got to fire. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, cause the reality is, is there's never going to be perfect information. Right. So to your point of we can spend time just continuing to search for the answer, right. Instead of a good answer. And, and I like to plug your nose and take the plunge. That's great advice. What was his name? Um, oh gosh. <laughs> oh, sorry. My good friend, what's his name? I can picture him perfectly. It was such a long time ago. <laughs> right, well, you know, it, it's going to come up later. So you'll just, you'll just share it back with us <laughs> when it pops into your head. So Allie, what's your biggest learning um, as a business owner over the years? Great question. Um, you know, I think my biggest learning is that you have to have boundaries. Mm. Um, and it's something that I talk to my clients about a lot is there's this really unhelpful belief in the marketplace that the, the customer is always right. And <laughs> boy, is that not helpful um, because the customer is not always right. Mm. And that's a whole nother podcast, but, yes. <laughs> um, but you, you people are so indoctrinated to think that that's true. And customers are so indoctrinated to think that that's true. Mm. And as a business, you, you have to have boundaries. You mm. have to be able to say, you know, these are our guidelines. These are our, um, you know, these are our return policies. These are our, this is the way we operate. Um, sometimes it's also like, these are the people that we work with, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you have to, you have to be clear in your own mind about where your lines are. And so I think that that's something that has been a great learning for me, but also one that I share assertively with my clients because, it's so hard sometimes to mm. define your own boundaries and to not get sucked into what's cool and popular or on trend or what a really persuasive speaker might say. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I like yeah. what you said. I like the boundary idea in terms of knowing where you stand so that when it gets into that crunch time, right, of somebody, a customer's complaining. You don't have to be scrambling and and 
wondering how do I handle this, but instead you already know because you've set that rule and you've trained the team on that rule and everybody can feel confident that they're doing what, what's been taught to them. Yeah. The art of saying no is one that we, along with profiting, like we don't teach that one a lot. Right. Um, yeah, right. And it's so important. <laughs> I can, I can imagine that, you know, the, because you said that's a popular term, right? The customer's always right. There's tons of, of uh, you know, repetition of that. So the the folks on the front line who are getting, you know, that customer complaining, it's got to be a hard thing for them to be able to, to go through that experience of, okay, you know what? I've been trained this, so I'm going to hold my, I'm going to hold my ground here and, and do what the training told me to do. Right. Well, and, and, you know, that's why it's also a whole company um, initiative. Mm. You know, if you don't support your team when yeah. they hold the line and I see that a lot, right? Like yeah. the, the people on the front line hold the line and then somebody escalates and then it's like, Oh no, 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 we'll take care of you. And yeah. it, that's not helpful internally. It's, it's one of the things that I thought about a lot when I was writing my book, keep your customers. It's the, thing that does, you know, this is why that cross-functional training is so important. And it's why it has to go up to the executive level, yeah. because if the executives don't have the backs of the people that are downstream and customer facing, then those, those internal, uh, those, those employees are, aren't going to have the motivation yeah. to make the hard decisions. Yeah. You also mentioned about sometimes you've got to fire a customer and, right. And, you know, the, there are, there are bad customers, right? And it's okay to say, right, we're not going to do business with you anymore because it clearly we can't meet your needs and maybe there's someone out there that can. How do you how do you talk folks through that? A lot of it is really, again, knowing who you are. Mm. Uh, so it's not just about knowing your boundaries. It's about knowing who you are. And so, you know, who are the people that you serve best and most effectively? Uh, when I first started this business, because I was rolling out of my work in the lingerie sector, I worked with a lot of retailers mm -hmm. and I came to realize that so much of that business, um, so much of that customer interaction happens on social media. And I really, really don't like social media. <laughs> and I really don't like, you do not see me with much of a presence at all. And you know, if you really don't like something and that is the crux of where your customers are playing, that's probably not a great match. And sure. so, um, you know, it was not that easy for me to, to shift into this sort of, you know, B2B realm and thinking about complex onboarding and all the things mm -hmm. that I focus on with my client selection. But, you know, the more I knew who I was and was able to articulate it clearly, First of all, the easier it was for, you know, when I talked, the people who were the right folks for me would hear, oh, yes. she's talking about me. Like it was easier to cut through the noise. Um, but also I was able, and I am able to better serve those customers because even though the industries may change, the complexities are generally consistent, um, you know, even when the industries, like I said, are, are wildly different. Yes. Wow. Hey, the... Let's shift gears here. We know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So is there a, a challenge? Tell us about one of the, maybe your biggest challenge that you've had over the years and, 
and a fellow business owner who maybe came alongside you and helped you to get through that? Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think that one of my biggest challenges has been social media. Mm. Um, it's hard to resist the lure of it. It's hard <laughs> to resist. <laughs> you know, there's all of these voices out there saying you should be doing this. You should be doing that. Yes. You know, you should be blogging. You should be posting on Facebook. You should be running Facebook ads. Like for me, for my customers, Facebook is not a good platform. Sure. Um, that's not where I want to be having the conversation, but it took me a while to figure that out because mm -hmm. there were so many voices that said, no, this is, this is the answer. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's really been, that has been hard for me mm. is, you know, when somebody says with a lot of confidence, this is going to solve everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, I'm having a challenge there. So maybe that's going to solve everything. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it goes back to, you know, that same theme, but specifically my challenge really has been sort of figuring out what works for me and having the, the strength to say, no, it's not social media. That's not uh -huh. my speed. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, and, and the reality is, is that something that works really well for me, right, may not work for you because we're different human beings and have different personalities. And, and like you said, different likes and, and preferences. So it's important to, we call it test and measure, but it's important to say, okay, well, here are the things that I want to test and that I feel are aligned with who I am as a person and my likes and desires. And, and guess what? Even when we test, it doesn't mean it's going to work out. So we, yeah. you know, we've got to figure out what's the right way for us to, you know, go to market and communicate to our potential customers. And, and it's not a one size fits all. There's, there are hundreds and thousands of different ways to talk to people about our services. <laughs> right. And, and look, sometimes you know where the line is because you tripped over it. Mm, I mean, yeah. I've, I've done some marketing things that I find to be super cringy looking back on it. I'm like, oh my God, that is, that was so inauthentic. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and to your point earlier about, you know, the analysis paralysis though, it's good that you put that out there, right? Because the other version would be, no, I'm going to wait till it's perfect and I'm going to, you know, not put anything out there and then nobody's going to know about me. So better to have, you know, bad stuff, you know, that we're learning from than nothing at all. So good for you. Right. <laughs> Allie, no, failure, failure is a good thing, right? It's... It is. And um, I've, I, I've heard this term multiple times. I love it. It's, it's fail forward, right? Where yeah. we test and measure, we learn it didn't work out, but what did we, what are the key nuggets that we got from it? And how do we apply that in the next version and the next version? And, and the reality is, is even, you know, the biggest companies in the world make mistakes and fail. So, you know, if they can do it, so can we. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, Ali. If I was to ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey, that you're most grateful for them being there for your business's growth. Who are those three people and how'd they help you? I think I need to start with my dad. My dad was uh, an entrepreneur also. And growing up and seeing him um, be, 
you know, very successful and also not successful in, mm. in moments. Um, you know, I, when I was in college, the, he was a real estate developer, the bottom dropped out of the real estate market yeah. and, you know, it, it materially impacted us and, you know, he had to shut the company down and, um, seeing him, you know, like you said, fail forward and then ultimately find a path that was more satisfying for him and more lucrative mm. was really inspiring. Yeah. Uh, I also just adored my dad uh, <laughs> and I, and I, I miss him like profoundly all the time. And, um, and so he always is my touchstone for who inspires me. Um, I, I have, so I, I, like I said, I went to business school um, and while this isn't a person, I do have a WhatsApp chat with some of my, uh, Wharton colleagues who are women. Okay. And I find that that is a great source for camaraderie. Um, there are unique challenges to being a woman in business. Um, some of them are similarly business owners and have businesses that are kind of like mine, okay. um, in a lot of ways. And, um, I can't pick one person yeah. because they're collectively such an incredible resource to me and, and such good friends. But when I have business questions, that's a group I go to and have a lot of faith in their um, being willing to answer me thoughtfully mm. um, and chew through the, the tough topics with yeah. me. Yeah. And then I think I actually, if I think it through... You know, it's interesting. A, a few years ago, I had a business partner and the partnership didn't survive. Um, but the what I learned in the partnership and the work that we did together was was really excellent. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not at all sorry for the way that the journey went. Mm -hmm. um, and, and part of the reason is because I think we both were elevated by the work we did together. So um, that was that. I think that's the third person who's really inspired me and helped me grow um, as as a business person. Yeah, I, I love that that you mentioned that there's no regrets of it. And I've been in this uh, a mindset um, program for the last two and a half years, and one of the the messages in there is that life happens for us, not to us. Right. And so what you just said reminded me of that, of, hey, yeah, it didn't ultimately work out, but I grew from it. It, it, was, it was what I potentially what you both needed at that point in time to help you both grow and develop. And that's, that's just awesome. Um, how would you react to that statement of life happens for us, not to us? Does that resonate with you? It does. It's interesting. I mean, I think that there's something very empowering uh, in that, you know, life happens to us feels a little, you know, victimy, right? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm just here and life is gonna, you know, attack. Mm. But um, I, I do think that, you know, there's this interesting uh, spectrum of thinking about business where, you know, some of it is the nuts and bolts and you need that. And you've talked about tracking and measuring a couple of times. And I'm, you know, firmly of the belief that you have to do that. Um, and at the same time, I spend a lot of work on, uh, you know, a lot of the work that I do with my clients is on how do you build 
relationships so that the people that you serve internally and externally feel seen, heard, and valued. And so I, I find that that balance of the quantitative and the qualitative really matters. Um, and you know, you need to have both. And so I, I think of the, the life happens for you in that sort of same way, right? It's that like, um, it's the, you know, people oriented direction, uh, that when life happens for you, because you're always engaging with people. Yes. And, uh, and a way to help or at least what I've learned to internalize it when something feels like it's a bad situation, right? And, and it feels like it's happening to us. You, the question is to kind of step back and reflect with like, okay, so what good can come from this, right? And it's like climbing a mountain, right? We You, you can't climb a mountain straight up. You've kind of got to zigzag back and forth, right? And find the right path. So that life is happening for us concept is, I might feel like I've went way out in left field, right? And and had this, this thing happen that makes no sense. And then, okay, what good can come from this is like, oh, there's something I'm supposed to learn here or, or a skill I'm supposed to develop or experience I'm supposed to have that's going to prepare me for the next step of the journey. Yeah, I, I have a, a mountain um, saying also, and I actually, I have... I don't know where it came from and I have looked it up a number of times and I, if, if anybody knows the origin of this, like, please let me know. <laughs> um, but it is that um, life is like a path that winds its way around a mountain from mm-hmm. the base to the summit where you're always coming back to the same Vista from a slightly different perspective. Oh, and I love that. Yeah. I, I, I think about that all the time. Yeah. You mentioned the word empowering earlier. I mean, how much more empowering for all of us? Because the reality is owning a business is tough, right? There's lots of ups and downs and things that happen at an, So how much more empowering for all of the folks listening is it to know that all those things has a reason and a purpose and and it's helping us to, to climb the mountain and, and get to that summit. I love that perspective. Can you share that again? What was that, those words? Sure. Uh, life is like a path that winds around the mountain from the base to the summit. And you're always coming back to the same vista from a slightly different perspective. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Ali, as you think about the next three to five years, what's the biggest challenge that you see that you're going to face in reaching your goals? And who are the types of people that you're going to need to help you solve those challenges? You know, I, um, I think if I look forward, it it is the the balance. You know, how do I balance between what I do myself, what I bring team members in to do, what I ask the tools that are changing before our eyes to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and how do I want to bring them in? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was at a conference recently, and there was a CEO of a company that does video AI stuff. And, oh my God, it is so cool. Uh Um, And, you know, you can change the script and it changes the video instantaneously. And I think about all of the ways that that has value for my clients because they're putting out product information. And one of the real barriers to putting out good videos is 
the time that it takes to record videos and what happens when the product changes. By the time they've recorded the video, the product has been updated and it's out of date. Well, this solves that problem. And um, that tool, I I don't mean to be pitching for this tool, but it's like, um, (laughs) you can instantaneously translate into into over 100 languages. Wow. So when that is a tool that's out there, um, like how can I take advantage of it in a way that is in alignment with what I do and in alignment with how I want to present myself? Mm-hmm. You know, I think these are all the questions that we're asking about AI in general. Like, how can I use this effectively and authentically? Um, and well, I don't know if everybody's asking about the authentically part, but I. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I like that you are because it goes back to what you were saying earlier, right? In terms of you know getting those pitches on LinkedIn is if it's not who you are, right? It's not your DNA. It's not the the value proposition that you're providing to your clients. Then it may not make sense. So I love that you're you know, you're exploring it in a way of how does it make sense for us to be able to leverage it to help us be more efficient and effective, but, but still be true to our core values and our beliefs. Right. The, the first time I got an AI based pitch, I was so impressed, right? Like, <laughs> Allie, let, we took a look at your website. Let us show you. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And then when I got the next one and I figured out that it was just (laughs) AI, I felt so suckered, you know, like, (laughs) oh, oh, they didn't, they they didn't like me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's a very delicate balance between using, you know, AI or automation and right to be more efficient and effective, but still you know, coming across in a, in a real way and in a, in a way of, you know, wanting to have real connections with people and, and have real conversations. And I think, I think we'll, as, as business owners, we'll wrestle with that forever. Right? Yeah. It, I think it also depends on how, if you're using it in just a bald selling, you know, environment, then it ends up feeling I, I think for me, you know, as soon as I detect it, I'm like, ew, you know, yeah, gross. But I get these handwritten notes from Chewy. I, I love Chewy, um, the dog, yeah. uh, the, the pet um, online. Well, yeah, they're, they're huge. Yeah. Um, and and I, I use them fairly. Um, I like I choose them. I choose them over everything else. And in part, because they do a really good job with customer service. Yeah. And so I get these handwritten notes. I am a hundred percent sure. I, I mean, you know, I've never been confused, right? Nobody's sitting in the home office saying like, oh, Allie's dog has a birthday coming up. We should <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <a> card. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because they're not doing it for sales, Yes. You know, like they are obviously, but it's not what they're writing about. Yes. It's like, oh, they are prioritizing the relationship with me. I'm not confused about the fact that this is automated. It's not actually handwritten. Um, But I'm, you know, but I recognize that they're prioritizing the relationship building. Yes. And I appreciate that. 
Yes. And I think that therein lies the difference, right? Yep. With, um, we'll just use the LinkedIn example. If, you know, if, if the same automation tools were, were set up to, you know, create value or to build a relationship or to have invite to a coffee meet, right? Things that are more about let's know, like, and trust one another versus, oh, here's my thing I'm selling and I'd like you to buy it, even though I have no idea if you even need it. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, last question here, Ali. So Jim Rohn, um, amazing uh, business guru, uh, wrote tons of books. One of his quotes is, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So you've already alluded to your, your WhatsApp uh, community, but as you think about that quote, what advice would you have for business owners who are doing it on their own and, and feeling like they, they have to do it on their own, that they can't reach out to others? Um, I mean, I would say that you can always reach out to others. You can always find ways to get support. And that is the benefit of this more connected digital world that we live in. Uh, even if you are in a LinkedIn group or a Facebook group, you know, there's always communities that you can tap into in order to talk to like-minded people, people who are facing the same kinds of challenges that you're facing. Um, and it's the, the balance is, I think, with guarding your time mm. aggressively. Yeah. Um, there are so many ways, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. There are so many ways to use your time yeah. these days, and you have to be really thoughtful about how you want to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like how you want to balance working in your business versus working on your business, how you want to balance working versus not working and mm -hmm. using that time effectively. I'm I'm encouraged when I see the, the 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 pendulum shift away from that like I wake up at four in the morning and I grind it out and by the time I you know by the time you're having your coffee I, you know that was so in vogue for a while yeah and yes. it's awesome to see that going away yes. <laughs> it's the, so shamey and gross the, right the, the hustle and grind culture is is horrible. I've, I talk about it a lot um, because we, on the other side of it, and most people don't necessarily know this as much is, you know, the biggest reason. So we all know that the stats are pretty against business owners of, you know, 80% of businesses fail. And the number one reason for that is burnout. And right. And then we've got all these people celebrating and and shaming others about the hustle and grind culture and you know you gotta you gotta work 24 7 well no right there's a period of time that maybe you do right in the first one and two years of starting a new business there's a lot to learn and you got to figure a bunch of things out so yeah you're gonna put in extra hours but it's not sustainable right right and and Therein, again, lies that magic of making sure that you know who you are and mm -hmm. listening to the voices that feel right for you. And if you're feeling shamed by somebody that you're listening to, kind of pay attention to that. Yes. There, you know, <laughs> there's no reason to feel shamed. Um, there's things that you can learn. There's things that you can do better. Yeah. But 
you know, let's kick shame to the curb. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. And, and for those who are getting their information off social media, you know, you all know this, but it'll just be good to re to remind you of it. Nobody, almost nobody tells the, the hard stories or the, the life lessons, right? Everybody's putting their best foot forward. So don't believe the hustle and grind hype because it's, it's not healthy long-term. <laughs> right. Wait, wait, what? People aren't 100% truthful in social media? Shocked. And you mentioned this already, but the, the, the shift has certainly happened. Right? I, think, I think COVID has helped with that and just the, the heightened awareness of people's mental health. And we're starting to look at things in a better way in terms of what's right for us um, holistically, as opposed to, you know, that, that work, work, work culture. Yeah. And it seems to be more prevalent here in the U S than you know, you look at places like Europe where they get, you know, mandatory six weeks holidays a year. It's, it's not, (laughs) it's definitely not everywhere around the world. (laughs) Right. Well, that, that could be the topic for the next podcast. Indeed. Right. (laughs) Allie, it sounds like you've been uh, blessed with some incredible people um, who have helped you along your journey. If they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? Um, I mean, that I've learned from all of them, even the, the interactions that haven't always been easy. I've learned, I've grown, and I like who I am. And uh, that only comes with all of the steps that that came before. I love that. I like who I am statement. That is so, it's so deep and powerful beyond just the the words. Congratulations. That is amazing. Thanks. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show, Allie. It's been such a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall. Please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. To join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self-Made is a Myth podcast.